The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to Episode 75 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. If you're listening in real time, this episode is airing the first week in October, and I'm going to tell you a little secret. Most breast cancer survivors that I know hate October. Seriously, we hate it. It's true. We're just not huge fans of pink, and most of us can't wait for the constant barrage of breast cancer topics that are everywhere. For the entire month, we just can't wait for them to be over. And in the case of a friend of mine, this was also her diagnosis month. And that can bring up a whole different set of mental and emotional health challenges for us as we're navigating this whole survivorship thing. So I tell you this because I was pretty surprised to learn from some fellow breast cancer survivors last year when we recorded the episodes that we ran in October And if you haven't checked them out, they were episodes 36 to 39. We talked about things like mental health challenges, body image, communication, always a hot topic, and relationship challenges. And during one of those conversations, Charlotte said something like, pink ribbons and all that crap. And I thought, wow, I'm not the only one. (laughs) Here's the thing. Can you tell me what the other cancer ribbons are and what months they focus on? I'll give you a minute to think about it. Maybe you know that purple is blood cancers. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is pretty prominent, and I'm a huge fan of their work. But I'm still not sure what months blood cancers and lymphoma are focused on. Maybe you know that teal is ovarian cancer. Ilana Feuchter was a recent guest, and we were talking about ovarian cancer, and maybe we mentioned that one. But guess what? All those other ribbon wearers are also not huge fans of October because they've experienced something equally challenging and their cancer needs awareness and more research dollars as well. Yet their ribbon months are somewhat more obscure. The reality is most people know October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And what I want you to know is that for survivors of breast cancer, we don't need to be made aware. The lingering challenges that we face every day serve as a reminder. This doesn't mean that we're not grateful to be here or we're not grateful to have light shined on breast cancer for other people. It just means that there are challenges that we face as survivors that no one prepares you for. And we're not always good at talking about. And it's a bit of a cart and horse challenge, really. If no one tells you what to watch out for, then we have to figure it out for ourselves and try to connect the dots of what's happening. When it comes to cognitive challenges, mental health concerns, chronic pain, lymphedema, like I talked about last episode, it can feel really isolating and lonely. And too often when these concerns are raised with doctors, they're discounted. And the impact that that situation is having on us is kind of lost. And we leave those appointments feeling worse or like there's just no solution to our problem. 
And if doctors were acknowledging the challenges that we would face up front, it wouldn't change the choices that we make in most cases, but it could remove some of the stigma and empower survivors to be more open about the challenges that we're experiencing. As I was talking with a survivor fairly new to the journey this week, we were talking about lymphedema, and I told her one of my goals is to make lymphedema a commonly talked about thing. And the more we shine light on these topics, the more free we may feel to talk about them and engage in activities to improve the situation. So if you feel like lymphedema only happens to a few people and you're one of them, you may feel shame for that because the message is that it's just not a common thing. And a lot of people feel like when they're diagnosed with cancer, their body is already revolted by allowing this cancer to happen. So now you're having to deal with a lifelong side effect in the form of a new condition, which can sometimes feel like another body failure. But if you know that 50% of survivors who look like you are navigating the same situation, then it just becomes a common challenge. And it's not a failure. It's just something that happens that we are dealing with. And we can feel better about that. And if we feel better talking about it, we can be more empowered dealing with it. If wearing an arm sleeve is normal, you just do it without a second thought. And if I'm being honest, I've been really shying away from social media lately. I'm over the rosy, sunny, perfect pictures. And I think that the looming month of pink maybe was hitting me a little harder this year than I really had realized. I have, however, been following the amazing Trevor Maxwell. I interviewed Trevor last year about his group Man Up to Cancer and his own stage four colon cancer journey. And Trevor had surgery recently, and he's doing okay, and the prognosis looks really good. And when he first posted, he posted lots of pics of joy and relief and happiness and the positive news of how happy his docs are with with how things went and pics of him roaming around the ward halls of Mass General because it's really important after surgery, even super serious abdominal surgery, to get up and be moving around. And I know all of us following his story and keeping him in our prayers were super happy and relieved to see him up and moving and to read the positive news. And one of the things I love about Trevor is that he doesn't just share the good, happy, positive up moments. He also shares the challenging moments, the ones where he's contemplating, why am I dealing with this? Why is my family dealing with this? Why am I so exhausted? Healing is exhausting. Treatments are exhausting, y'all. We always want it to go faster, and it's always a longer process than we want it to be. And I really think this is one of those like really big unspoken truths. Our doctors just don't emphasize how exhausting post-surgery time really can be and how much rest we need to get. But like Trevor said, it wouldn't be honest to just show the joy. Even though those posts were 100% true, 
the challenges are also 100% true. And for those of us on this cancer journey, I think we need to share a little more of the challenges so we can normalize the balance of the light and the dark because things aren't rosy all the time. And when that's all we see, sometimes it's hard to remember that. And then we we feel more lonely in that when things aren't totally rosy for us. So my friend Trevor, I want to celebrate you for all that you are doing for the cancer community and being your fully shared, authentic, amazing self. If you are a man navigating cancer or you know one, please send them over to the Man Up to Cancer community. The Wolf Pack is there for you. A while back, I talked about toxic positivity. And you know, the house is on fire and the flames are really pretty. At the time, I think I talked about it in terms of how we are approaching our own stuff. And today, I want you to think about how your positivity or perceived positivity could actually be affecting someone else on their journey. A fellow HER2-positive breast cancer survivor and several episode podcast guest, Gemma, found out earlier this year that her cancer is back. It is metastatic and on her bones. And the good news is that there are treatments that can keep this at bay and extend her life. And I love this girl for her unvarnished honesty and bravery when it comes to talking about hard things. She recently was talking about how people keep telling her that it's morbid to make plans for her ultimate passing, and that she just needs to be positive. (sighs) This is the ultimate toxic positivity, in my opinion. Basically, when you say something like that to someone, you're telling them to avoid the reality of the situation. And it's really for the comfort of the teller and not the comfort of the receiver. Now, don't get me wrong. I want her here for many, many, many more years to come. She still has stuff to do. And that said, there's one guarantee in this life, and it is that we will all pass at some point. And none of us really know what when that point is. It's a tremendous kindness to our families to do the end-of-life planning. Last year, when my father-in-law passed away, everything was planned. He had made most of the choices for things, and as a result, it was so much easier on my mother-in-law and my husband and his siblings. When the time came to carry out all of those plans, instead of having to face the decisions, they were just able to make a phone call, and the funeral home enacted all the choices and made all the calls that needed to be made, And when we walked into the funeral home, my mother-in-law laughed and said, I'm glad he chose these things because I wouldn't have picked them for him. I would have chosen something different. And I know that this is what he wanted. So there was no second guessing on her part. She was totally at peace with the process and she was just free to go through the grieving process. And death, like mental health challenges and lingering side effects and physical challenges after treatment, is more often than not just a taboo topic that people aren't comfortable with. 
So we cover it up with positive affirmations or we avoid it entirely. Planning your end-of-life wishes is not giving up. It's covering all the bases and making sure that if you don't want Ave Maria played, it won't be. In the end, having your wishes documented makes it easier on the people who are grieving when the inevitable time comes. It really is a kindness. For cancer survivors, we all fear reoccurrence. It's one of those common mental health challenges that we collectively face. And I think it's for this reason that so many breast cancer survivors just don't love the month of October. I live in this cancer world, and I work with a nonprofit that benefits cancer survivors, and my business helps survivors get moving again and stay healthy within what we can control for our health. And I have a cancer survivorship podcast, for goodness sake. (laughs) I am in this world, and I'm really not a big fan of October either. I am a fan of health awareness. I think it's an everyday activity that should be required for every human, not just during certain months. So I think my overall message for this week is to embrace the uncomfortable topics that we're struggling with and shine some light on them. Float a topic to a friend. Start the conversation. Let's see if we can start to normalize some of these challenging things and take away the stigma. That concludes this week's Soapboxy episode. (laughs) Um, I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks. Um, We're going to have some great interviews. Uh, One will actually be um, in the world of grief and, and how we process grief. And one is with an Aussie breast cancer survivor, and I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you in two weeks. So I would love to connect with you over in my Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning. There you'll find a community of past guests and group members who know what this journey is like. And knowing that there are others with similar experiences helps us to know that we're not alone There's a community of people with similar and diverse experiences waiting to meet you because surviving really is just the beginning. Thanks for listening and have a great week.